We've had an unusual number of big upsets in the NFL lately, but an undefeated Eagles team losing to Commanders was not meant to be one of them. But the 1972 Dolphins sleep easy once more after a turnover-filled day and a memorable Taylor Heineke celebration brought the curtain down and a perfect season being pitched in 2022. Welcome back to another Monday Night Football recap. Everyone, I'm your host, Mark Hogan, joined once more by Michael McQuaid. And I don't think anyone's going to feel too sorry for us, Michael, but... After uh, the weekend in Germany, I kind of wanted this game to be a dud so I could just get back to my life. But uh, now look for us. Country roads take me home. <laughs> that was gas cracking Sunday, wasn't it? That was that was better than the Super Bowl for me, sir. Genuinely. And I said that to a few people. Great crack on the plane home on Monday. Um, that was better than the Super Bowl for me. That was the best crack I have ever had at an NFL game ever. Really, really good fun. I'm obviously sitting here on a, on a Tuesday feeling down for myself for, for no reason at all. So uh, that's on me. But uh, no, look, good to chat to you again. Didn't get chatting too much on Sunday, so that, that's on me. And um, you're right. Like, I mean, this league never ceases to exist. I'm going to out Brian O'Leary now because I know he's listening to this podcast. There, there's rumours doing the rounds that Brian is picking uh, the Colts on Sunday. So uh, you never know. Could, could the Eagles lose two in a row? I don't know. But uh, sorry for outing you there, Brian. But um Washington done well last night, uh, Mark. I have to say, um, I think the thing that really went for me was because I was up, I was up editing something, so I was in and out watching the game. It was the control of the game. Like I, I know there was mistakes made on both sides of the ball, but they they shut that crowd in Philly up, and that's you know it's it's almost like that's the blueprint now. If you can control a game on 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 the defense and not allow Jalen Hurts to get the ball down the field in certain ways, then excuse me, then that's the way to, to try and sort of stop this Eagles team that who are now 8-1. And, and honestly, there was a point last night where I thought they were going to pull away and and they didn't and it's on them. And the, obviously the 32 uh, sort of um, is maybe too good to Washington because of the mistake at the end, but it was a, it was an errorful game, uh, errorful group of games, an emotional game. Obviously Ron Rivera and the passing of his, of his mother, uh, you had Troy Aikman talking around the team as well, but it was a good Monday night game. Uh, it's probably one of the better Monday night games in a while just because of the whole storyline of it. And yes, the, the, the Miami Dolphins lads in the 70s are sitting easy tonight, sitting easy tonight before uh, the Cleveland Browns go 17-0 next season. Yeah, it's funny that you say that it was a good Monday night game because when I was previewing last week with Brian and we're signing off and we're saying, oh, what's the game next week? Philadelphia versus Washington. There wasn't too much excitement. Even less excitement was built around the Sunday night football game being the Cowboys versus the uh, Packers, and lo and behold, look at what happened there, or the Sunday night game, look what happened there. So, yeah, these primetime games kind of are delivering strangely when we expect a good game, it hasn't happened. And then what happened last night happened last night, and you said there about how the controlling of the game, and on one of these podcasts recently, we said, yeah, it's easier said than done. And when it's done to one of the big teams that you rack up one of these time of possessions, it's, oh, well, of course, like that's how you do it. If it's ever done against Kansas City Chief, everyone always po- points to it and says, well, you just want to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. <laughs> Yesterday, the game started off, Michael, with a fumble almost straight away by Taylor Heineke. And the following drive, and th- that's how you expected the game to go. Like Philadelphia jump out to a 7 nothing lead immediately. And you think this is going to be an absolute rout. The next drive, drive number two, the first touchdown score for Washington. From the first nine plays, there were seven designed runs. So they committed to running the ball early. And you have to give credit to Ron Rivera, who weeks ago when Carson Wentz was his starting quarterback, we were asking whether he was going to survive the year. And certainly he wasn't supposed to survive next offseason as the coach of this team. And he obviously is behind 
this game plan of keeping Philadelphia off the field. And I got a stat via NFL media today that in their first half of games this year, the Eagles have been like incontrollable. They're scoring 20 points in the first half versus seven points in the second half. They're putting on 250 yards in the first half and something like 100 in the second half that they really are first half teams. So to come out and run the ball like they did in Washington was so smart. Obviously, they were down early, but then they kind of snuck up on Philadelphia and took the lead. And I just think we have to give credit to Ron Rivera for turning this game around. What's turned Washington around more, Michael, though, is what I really want to know. Is it Carson Wentz being out and Taylor Heineke being in? Or, and I don't think this is getting enough talk, is it Brian Robinson coming in for that team? Because they, the wins seem to have come with Taylor Heineke and Brian Robinson coming into the team. That's a really interesting point. I mean, like he was talking last night about how physical he had to be to beat the team. And it's funny he's saying that because the Eagles defense weren't physical at all. They weren't they weren't blitzing enough and to give guys like Brian Robinson an, an, enough space last night. Um I think the thing for me with Taylor Heineke is he I just as a neutral view, viewpoint in this game, he gives you more belief. Uh, watching Washington and I you know he was very very sincere last night at the end of the game whenever he was talking about he'll support uh, Carson if Carson's QB1 I I genuinely I genuinely cannot see a situation in which Carson Wentz is starting next week or the week after and um, Brian Robinson last night obviously had a touchdown he had like I think it was like 80 or 90 yards but it's, it goes beyond the stats if you actually watch him play the effort he puts into every run he makes is sensational and it's to be honestly uh, applauded he, he just makes his effort makes this Washington Commanders team look so much more fun to watch and frankly at points last night especially in the second quarter when they got there uh, got the touchdown in the end for Brian Robinson the Eagles had no answer for him and I think that was the that was the start of me thinking oh boy Washington could have a serious chance in this game and uh, it was very surprising because you're you're right like I I really expected Really, really expected Washington to come out in this game and get absolutely humped. I think I said minus 16 and a half in the handicap last night. Uh, so how wrong I was, uh, but to be fair, I think the handicap was minus 11 and a half. But f- fair play to them, sir. They absolutely blew it out of the water. And, uh, you know, if they can get more, like get another level out of Brian Robinson and have that combination with his quarterback and Heineke, I, like it makes you think because I don't think this NFC East, um, I don't rate the Giants like. So, you know, I I think what the Giants have done is superb to get where they are at the minute. But I would I would not put the Washington football team too far behind them, shall we say? I think what Brian Dable's done in the NFC East is sensational. But what they've won every game by by under seven points or under a touchdown. I think that says a lot. I think there's a stat about Denver as well. If the Broncos had scored, I think a minimum minimum amount of it is either four or seven points in the fourth quarter in each game so far they'd be eight and one so far this season so it's all these ifs and buts the reality is Giants seven and two Washington aren't out of the mix yet especially in the NFC yeah I don't know which direction I want to take you on Michael because I wanted to talk about Brian Robinson some more like you said he was you have to watch him yesterday because the stats aren't eye-popping what is eye-popping is that he had 27 attempts but it was like three and a half yards per carry which obviously isn't what you need from your running back he only had 86 yards on all those touches that he had and then they had antonio gibson behind him and i think the team combined had it was 42 rushing attempts for 40 plus minutes time of possession 
which is insane. And I kind of like now that if they're able to establish and they clearly are establishing that run game with Taylor Heineke in there, they certainly have a passing game again because Terry McLaurin had 11 targets last night. Like, where was he the first five, six weeks of the season? He had 11 targets yesterday. That was that equaled the next three behind him combined, which is like Carida Samuel, Logan Ryan, and whoever else was number three. So it was that Terry McLaurin was always, you know, a stud wide receiver and getting him back into the fold, having a dominant run game. I mean, it's not what Seattle is doing to get to where they are. I know now their defense has stepped up as well, but all of a sudden when you're talking about the A or the NFC East, like I don't, I don't think I trust this Washington team, but you have to think in, within that division, and maybe that conference as a whole, like Seattle losing in front of our eyes in Germany the other day, has it opened up the wildcard spot? Because like, if if Seattle makes the playoffs or the Giants make it and the Cowboys, that means since like what, week five, the playoff teams were set, like the one through seven teams in the NFC were set. I was like, that's just not typical in the NFC. Like when is that happening? So one of them has to slip up and, I, I think the Cowboys are in, certainly. It has to be the Giants or the Seahawks to slip up then. I don't see it being the Giants myself just because the way the schedule sets up. So I have Seattle's rec- or teams in front of me. They have the boy, then they play the Raiders, Rams, Panthers. They can certainly do that. And then they close out with the 49ers, Chiefs, Jets, and Rams. So you don't want to. That would They would be st- sitting on a Brian O'Leary's nine wins now in four weeks' time, and then they have a really tough slate to go, whereas the commanders have the likes of the Texans, the Falcons, and they have the Giants twice. I was kind of wondering, I don't trust them, but they could be hovering around that wildcard spot, the seventh seed. Here's my bold prediction then. And I don't want to start getting people fired up here, but I have the Giants losing their next six games. All six. I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll be prudent and say five, four or five, but absolutely. They're not going to beat the Lions on Sunday. From what I've seen at the Lions, well, from what I've seen on Sunday, they can put points up. You know, the Giants put up 24 points last week. I I think that might have been the highest or joint highest or very close as high. Like, I mean, they put up 27 against the Packers in London. But outside of that, they only scored, um, they haven't scored any, any more than that in this season. They put up like 27 or 28 in the preseason. I'm not counting that. Uh, I think they'll lose against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. I think the Commanders will beat them if Taylor Heineke says, and you've got Brian Robinson and Scary Terry there. Um, I think the Eagles will beat them. I think the Commanders will beat them again. And I think the Vikings are so underrated at the minute. It's unreal. Uh, and I'll give them a win against the Colts and the Eagles will have a week off the week of last week. Um, now that they're not, they're not scared of going unbeaten anymore. Uh, so what, what would that leave them on if they were to lose? So you're saying they get one more win through the rest of the year, which would put them in and around what? They're 7-2 and two at the moment. So eight and, two, eight and eight and nine. It's funny because just because before we came on the podcast, I was after putting out the power rankings, and someone is upset that I have the Giants at number thirteen. It's like that's where I really view them. They don't they don't touch that top eight at the moment. And it was one of the questions I was going to ask you after Washington takes the O from Philadelphia. What do you have as the most competitive division? Because it's between the AFC East and the NFC East. I think in my own head, I put the AFC East down there just because, like I said in the power rankings, that Buffalo is third through 10 weeks in its own division. The Super Bowl favorite is third in that AFC East. And I'm not saying that the NFC East has, you know, padded stats Mm. or whatever, but I I don't, I, I, I fear playing Philadelphia 
you don't know what you're going to get from Dallas, who obviously just lost to the Packers. Washington is on a great streak at the moment, but it always seems like it's, you know, pushing their luck. And the Giants have, yeah, like you're saying there, I still think they're pushing their luck. I definitely think they can win games. And I do think they're going to win the playoffs. But I just don't think, like, they're like the Eagles or they're like any of those teams in the AFC that seem to be super dominant. I think it's it's incredible the Patriots five and four in the AFCs, and they're they're fourth. They've got a winning record. Sorry, it just it talks about how crazy it is at the minute. If the Dolphins were to somehow win the AFC East, I'll I'll have them going to the Super Bowl. I don't think they'll win the division. I think they'll be a very high. Like they'll they'll get in, into the wild card at the minimum, and, and I think they'll win at least one playoff game minimum because I think their offense on, on its day is is absolutely sensational with the combination of Jalen Waddle. Gusecki, Tyreek Hill. If two is on form, we've seen how good he was against the Browns on Sunday. So that's one element of it. Um, and the Bills, I'm, I'm not, I'm not concerned about the Bills. The Bills are what third in the division at the minute, just because of the tire, tire against the Jets. There's a lot, there's a lot more football to play. High, so I'm, I'm not that concerned about that. I like Mark. I, I like the NFC side for the minute in terms of mm. like who's, who's, who's bad here. I know, like, look, I know the Panthers are two games off on the Bucks. But if you look at the Bucs and the, and the Falcons, the Bucs, like Brady had his best game of the season by far, you know, in Germany this week. And I think it was funny that we were sort of treated to that because, okay, he had, what, three touchdowns against the Chiefs uh, on Sunday Night Football a few weeks ago. However, he was more comfortable this week. So it's going to be interesting to see after, just outside of the bye, how he plays. Can Lenny, can that run game continue to flourish because it did at the weekend? The Falcons are only one game out, so that that one's interesting to me. I mean, it's one of those things, like you know, like I I think we're going to look back in two or three weeks' time and look at different teams and think, God, I thought they would do better, or I thought they would be up here at this point. But um, I think the most surprising one for me is 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 the West, the AFC West. We were all talking about it at the start of the season about how it was going to be the, the best division of football. Uh, the way that the Raiders have played is, and I, I know, like I, I'm a Broncos fan, right? But the way that the Raiders have played is an absolute disgrace, like genuinely. Like, it is shocking. They have conceded, what, 226 points or something? 227 points, I think it is, so far this season. Whereas the Broncos, ahead of the third, have only have not scored that much points, but they've certainly conceded a lot less. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just interesting. But I do think the Chargers are two games off the Chiefs. I would not write the Chargers off yet, but you need to get to week 12, week 13, one behind. Um, that being said, the way that Mahomes played at the weekend, he's just too good. They have a chance to clinch it now. The Chiefs. I was listening to some podcasts yesterday, and I was like, "Wait, wait, what? The Chiefs can already clinch the division." Here's me. I had them potentially missing. If they the win, I think if, if yeah, if, if they beat the Chargers, then it's over, isn't it? Like I mean, there you go. I I had honestly, I had the Chiefs potentially. Now this was a kind of a hot take that I wanted to go with, but if the AFC West hype was to be believed this year, then those teams are going to take wins away from the Chiefs. But the Chiefs have clean swept. I think the AFC West. So. uh no, Sunday night football this week. There you go. Yeah, and it was flexed into Sunday night, and it was like, we do we seriously need more AFC West football? Apparently, we do. But I guess it's because they're going to give us this, and they're going to take well, all yeah. their prime time games away because there's going to be no more, no point watching the AFC West from here on out. And if they if they if they were to beat the Chiefs on Sunday, I think it's a, it's a good point. Like you know, if they beat the Chiefs on Sunday, that the AFC West in terms of the top the top two is is blown open because the Chiefs had to play the Broncos twice, had to play the Raiders again, and you don't know what sort of situation those teams could be in whenever you face them. Granted, obviously the Chiefs are always going to be the favorite. I get that, but you can't write a team off just because they're not playing well on any given Sunday, especially when the Raiders have got Devontae Adams as well, and you've seen how fired up 
Derek Carr is. He wants to get it right. So, so you never know. But um, I think for a neutral, you'd want to see the Chargers get back in, get back in that division because it's for it to be for it to potentially be over pre Thanksgiving is is shocking. Yeah, my own Super Bowl pick, the LA Chargers. I've followed them as a result, and I I haven't liked anything that I see. I you picked for them this week against the 49ers. Uh, I, I should have won that game. Maybe <laughs> I've been picked them for a number of weeks now. I just haven't liked what I've seen. Like it's, I mean, the injuries is it's pure coaching. It's pure coaching. Yeah, it's it's on balance. Still, they should have won that game on Sunday. They should have beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead, and they didn't. And now they're two games out. If they had won both those games, they'd be flying going into a home game this Sunday. Going right, let's take control of this and. That's on the coach. If if he does not get a wild card spot this year with that Chargers team, he's out, surely. Yeah, and that's I mean, that's the talk, isn't it? It's like they have to meet expectations because there's certain there's certain teams, I'd even throw the Cardinals in there, that you feel like they're head coach away from being serious. And it's kind of funny the head coaches are getting it done this year. Like the likes of Kevin O'Connell. I'm gonna talk about this to death now over the next few months, but I just do not see where the coaching carousel is gonna come from now because like all the first year head coaches are the ones that have the good staffs at the moment. It's like no one's poaching from a first year uh, team not poaching off a first year head coach because it's like they're just not established enough. So yeah, your brand say I don't know who the coaches are gonna to be to replace these guys, but Brandon said he certainly hasn't been delivering. Uh, I wanna bring it back just before we sign off. I'm gonna ask you one question, maybe bring it into the second thing. Carson Wentz is eligible to play next week. Who would you go with himself or Taylor Heineke? Taylor Heineke, hundred percent. Keep the consistency going. If so, like so what they're five and five. If you had told me Washington be five and five uh, on the fifteenth of November, I'd have bit your arm. Fans would have bit your arm off. Heineke is three and one as a starter, and that one loss was that Vikings game that they should have, would have won, and didn't. And then another one I want to put to you because you obviously put um, uh, Brian O'Leary's pick from the weekend up there. You and I this week in our picks went four and ten each. When are we going to get a grasp on this NFL four season? Four and ten. We, you there and I went four and ten each. There was a point because um, I, 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 I looked like a genius on Friday morning with the whole pamper. I was like, happy days. Mm-hmm. Here we go. The weekend starting now. It was like week six. I got like thirteen games right, and it's been downhill ever since. So uh, it could be this week, mate. Uh, it could be. Hopefully, it could be this week. But it's it's been one of those seasons where you just can't. You can't guess anything, but look, that's that's what you want, isn't it? I mean, that's you want people to be watching games, and frankly, you, you want to be seeing shocks every weekend and having a bit of crack. But you know, eventually, now we're getting into the week eleven. Teams need to find a grasp, need to find a way to to make it work in certain situations. And if they don't, you'll see that reflected in the record. I mean, look at the Bucks sitting five and five with Tom Brady. I mean, that's that's atrocious. But uh, I can't believe my voice is going in this podcast. This is this is not a good sign for the rest of the week. Yeah, we had a long week, and it's not even alcohol related. It was just a long week for uh, for us all, Michael. Like, well, we will leave it there. We'll get you out there because obviously your voice is gone. So I don't know how long I've left with you. You're obviously <laughs> back for with the lads tomorrow, Wednesday, with some more content. I'll be back later on in the week. Next week's back Thursday. Weekend. Back Thursday. Is that on so, YouTube yeah. only, or is it going to be Twitter? I think it's Twitter on YouTube and Thursday. I, I know I need to confirm that. However, if you are inclined to sit down and listen to the show. Just check out both. It'll be somewhere. It'll be somewhere <laughs> in the interweb. And I promise my my big spot head will turn up somewhere soon. And next week, the Monday night game is going to be from Mexico. The one international game we won't be going to. I think actually you'll be glad of the break, Michael. Will we go? Will we go for the crack? <laughs> You're on your own. I'm actually in. I'll, I'll be watching that one from uh, Scotland. So I will be international for it. But uh, <laughs> from <laughs> the comfort of bed. The comfort of bed. Uh, again, thanks for joining me, Michael, and for everyone for listening in. Anytime, sir, as long as I.